0: Welcome to episode 78 of the Inside Bide. I'm your host,
1: Tim Schafer. I'm here with my co-host, Rudy. How are you doing this Christmas? Hey, Tim. I'm doing great. I'm uh, on Christmas break, which is always an exciting time. Also, for the first time in probably, let's say, eight years, I'm going to be kid-free for a whole five slash five to six days or so. Five days. Wow. Man, I don't even know what to do with myself. No, I think I did
0: that whenever I went to California. I think it was there actually five days. So I may have asked you there. Are they going somewhere? Are you going somewhere?
1: My parents uh, have been wanting to go to Texas to visit my brother. And my mother-in-law also lives there nearby. Um, So they want to go visit them. And so my mom had said, hey, if you want, you know. My daughter's eight. She's very easy to manage, like on a trip, you know, with my parents. So she's like, hey, if you want, you know, we can bring your daughter. I was like, all right, that sounds good. They're like, you just buy the plane ticket. I'm like, all right, no problem. That'll make things a little easier during the break, you know, whatever. But then my mother-in-law hasn't seen the kids in person since, man, it's got to be like six or seven years now just because she lives all the way in Texas so i'm guessing she was wanting to see him as well yeah Uh, yep so she was she was like she's like no she's like no i want to see both of them she's like please bring them both i'll watch both of them all week they can stay at my place whatever and so i told my dad and he was like you gotta buy the other plane ticket i'm like yep i'll buy it no problem so, so yeah, so now we're good to go. So they're leaving tomorrow nice. morning. Oh man, I'm super excited. And they're going to have fun. I don't, it's not like one of those cases where I'm like, I'm leaving my kid at a babysitter.
0: No, no, no. I think they'll genuinely enjoy having them there. They again, will. it's, you they know, will. it's a few days they go back home. Right. It's not like they're now adopting them or anything like that. So right, it's, right, right. you know, it's like a, a niece or nephew or something coming over a few days. Technically, you're right. not going to be bothered as long as you know, it's just a few days. You're not actually spending the rest of your life having to care for them or anything. So it's a whole different ordeal comes to grandparents, aunts and uncles, whatever. So yeah, I'm sure they'll actually enjoy their company and everything will be totally fine. Where did they live against Um, Texas? They both live in
1: Houston. Okay. So... That's where they'll be going. But like you were saying, like, you know, it's like going to your grandparents' house or haven't seen you in a few years. Like, they're going to be spoiled the whole time and have fun, and, you know, it'll be a good time, so. Cool. When does your school start? I start on the 3rd, so it's a perfect timing. Okay. Okay. They come back on the 2nd sometime in the evening. Pretty pumped, man. So, this episode's going to be just us
0: going through a bunch of different, like, bits of favorite games of the year, favorite shows, music movies uh biggest flops of the year biggest impacts in terms of news stories and then we're also going to get into all of our gaming stats of the whole year of how many hours we put into this and that on different platforms and stuff yep it's a holiday episode let's say hey tim it's just so we lost a bunch of audio there <laughs> and I don't know where it messed up. So what we're gonna do is we're just going to go from five to one, yes. and just relist our five here. And we, oh, we talked about so much stuff with so many different yeah, games. And we're just losing it all. So I think this is the first time this has ever happened. Which, hey, I guess is technically good because it's like yeah, a, what yeah, year that's and a half of doing this,
1: But I'll do a shotgun <laughs> version of. Um... Uh God, that's so weird. That sucks.
0: So yeah, just go um, five and we'll ping pong back and forth. <laughs>
1: five, four, four, four. Got kind of it. Okay. Deal. So like Tim said, yeah, we got really in detail with all these games. So you know what, Tim? Can I just do my five through two? You do your five through yeah. two. Then we'll talk about one. Okay. So I had mentioned, I'm gonna try to keep this real brief, unfortunately. <laughs> I had mentioned Roller How I love the Tony Hawk aspect of it, the shooting guns in the air, the slowing down time, super stylish, super cool, very fun, addictive gameplay loop. That was number five.
0: Out of my five, I was saying
1: it has the best controls of anything i played this year. Agreed. Um, Oh, sorry. One more thing. I shouted out a few honorable mentions that didn't make the list. What was it? Cuphead, Tunic. There was one more. I can't remember. But yeah. Shout out to those games. All right, number four. God, imagine the podcast was like normally like this. We're just speeding through everything. Okay, number four. I had As Dust Falls. Really great story. Great characters. The voice acting was on point. Art style, super unique. Definitely one of the best of its kind. The game leaves off on a cliffhanger, so I'm hoping we get more. But yeah, love that game. I know you had played some of it, right? We talked about that briefly. Um, Horizon Forbidden West. I had definitely harped on the fact that I feel like this game got shafted, kind of. It came out. Very close to Elden Ring, beginning of the year. Didn't really get the attention it deserved. So yeah, I wanted to mention it because I think the gameplay is so much better than the first in this one. The story's still good. It's fun. Uh, definitely deserves to be up there. So yeah, that was number three. Number two, God of War Ragnarok. Talked about how the combat was phenomenal this game. Kind of gave me that, that same feeling of satisfaction when you beat like a Elden Ring boss or Dark Souls boss. Story was excellent. But yeah, the combat and the end game is what took it for me from like, Number four, five spot on my list to number two.
0: With God of War, we were saying, and way more drawn out but that, basically, it's a gigantic upgrade from one, because we were worried it was going to be more of the same, but the gear in this game is far superior. The verticality is far superior in this game. In terms of story, I'd say it has a similar flow, right? Yep. And yep. it really is just part two of the same story, but everything's just amped up. Even playing at a higher frame rate alone makes the game so much better, too. I just think it really is a good definition of like, like okay, it's like Twisted Metal 1 versus Twisted Metal 2, how Twisted Metal 2 is just far superior in all of the, the mechanics and the gameplay aspects that are it added. It's the same in this department. The way you get the gear, the way you level up, the way you uh, can attack things in the air and get far more combo than you could yes. prior, uh, a lot more weapons... It's just far more options,
1: far more diversity. Agreed. Yeah. Totally agree. So I'll stop there for now so you can do your 5 through 2
0: Splatoon 3, I do think it's the best multiplayer game I played this year. Really, really fun. Number 4, Pokemon Violet. I was saying on how we're really starting to get into the vein of these games to where oh, it's an open world game but there's not 5 billion items all over the map. Mm-hmm. And it's more about you exploring and finding stuff yourself. It works really well for Pokemon because in Pokemon in general, you're always trying to find new Pokemon. And the fact that you're exploring through all of these different caves and mountains, finding new Pokemon and the exploration is so fun and vast, which fits so well in the Pokemon universe. Mm-hmm. Uh, number three, vampire survivors, i'm just highly addicted to this game <laughs> i'll whip it out at any moment now on my phone and just play a few rounds even if i feel I only got like 10 minutes i'm out and about okay i'll play five minutes try to get as far as i can because you're gonna die pretty quickly within a few minutes oh yeah and it's the perfect like jump in jump out sort of game play around or two you think you're just gonna play around you probably end up really playing about 30 rounds
1: but it's yeah. so addicting it's so hard to put it down
0: <laughs> my um, number two is xenoblade chronicles 3 best jrpg i played this year i i'm looking at my list here and there really is just like sort of one of every sort of genre and style here throughout <laughs> my list which is really funny i just noticed that but if we look at because we're going to go over like what exactly we played and how much time we put into what I'm at 98 hours of this game. I just think it's phenomenal. I still have a lot to do. It could have been a lot shorter, but I really enjoy these hero quests. Basically, they're side quests. You'll come across like an NPC that's pretty important, and you can go on these missions for them. And if you complete it, then they can be put into your party. And so you'll have your six members at all times, but you'll have a seventh, which will be a hero you can also put in your party. And so you can shuffle them in and out with whatever. And each one of them are like really in-depth, really actually important to the overall story. Just has a lot of narrative to these characters. You actually care about them. Plus it's almost like, collecting them like pokemon there's so many of them so it was quite surprising that there's so many yet that each one of them actually are interesting characters on top of it so i I love that aspect to it and i feel that's where i put the most time in because anytime i find one i'm like oh no i don't care if it takes two hours or 10 hours i'm getting this guy (laughs) on my team i feel you what happens too is it's not just that you can add them and then either the seventh person well when you add them to they unlock a new weapon so the new guy it could be um a dude with dual pistols right well once you get them into the mix with your other heroes finish all the quests with them now you can select one of your six main people to equip the weapons that you obtained from this hero as well and so now you can play a whole new class and each character has their own specific weapons and uh playstyle. So there's such a diversity of playstyles. So it's really, really fun awesome. because of that. I just love this game. It's 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 a masterpiece in JRPGs.
1: Every single person I've talked to who's played this game says the same exact thing you just said every time. Yeah,
0: really good. And then our number one is the same number one as it should of be. Of
1: course. That is what Elden Ring, baby. The game that took over this year. (laughs) Yes. No game like it. I mean, come on. It's just, it was a phenomenon. It still is. Every day I'm still seeing new posts, new videos, new things being discovered. The game is huge, incredible game, man. And I can't tell you how many people I know personally that played this game and got obsessed with it that don't normally play these types of games.
0: People that are still worried about playing it and thinking that it's like hard and all of that. You could spend 15 hours in an area to where another player would probably only spend 30 minutes once they've mastered the game sort of thing. But it doesn't matter because those 15 hours of you just in one little tiny area still has so much content in it and still so much for you to find and explore. And you thinking you suck really doesn't matter to this game because under every rock, there seems to be something to find and something rewarding as well something for you to use and you to learn from and then like no matter how slow or how bad you think you are really doesn't matter because you're going to constantly be rewarded regardless and uh, totally agree i think that's why this game is so good
1: it's just man the thing that they were able to pull off like where everyone around the world is playing your game everyone's talking about everyone's sharing um there's art being made about it it topped out the npd records even
0: still now like i think it is number one top sold game of the year over like call of duty and pokemon and all of this like the fact that they hit that high and mass appeal i didn't think they were gonna do it i mean like of course this game was like really uh amped up and excited for from software fans, but people who don't play any of those games, like the fact that so many new joined from this moment speaks so much volume to how good it is. Agreed. Totally agree. What a game man. All right. Let's get into some other categories here. First favorite animated show of the
1: year. Uh I have Cyberpunk Edge Runners here. I have the same. Okay. I have not again Just to be totally transparent, I have not finished it yet. But I can't think of any other animated show that I've watched this year that has grabbed me as much as this show. Cool. So I just think the the characters are so good. I love it. it. It took the world by storm, too. It's like another one of those things that just everyone was talking about, how much they love it. Well, when this
0: came out, the game got a that, huge yep. bump in sales That's- because of it again. And now far more people than who would have ever played it beforehand are now playing it. Yep. Uh, I was just going to say the yep. same thing, man. So same thing. Like, you know, the this is the second time. I mean, I guess CD Projekt Red really gets this of like, hey, they released the show like The Reach Witcher, and then bam, here's a huge boost again in right. Witcher 3 talk and sales and all of that. And then they do the same with Cyberpunk. So... Uh, unfortunately, the I just saw it today. There are some
1: reviews of like the new season of Witcher, and but it's, everyone's crafting all over It's a, a sideshow, it. side right? It's not. It's not the normal Witcher. Witcher season three is still coming out with him still playing Geralt. Oh, and oh, then oh that's gone. not season three. Okay, no, okay. no, this is this is like some. I forgot what's called the Witcher Blood and something or something. Yes. Like that. Yes. Yeah, it's getting it's, terrible reviews, man. I saw that. Jeez. So, okay. No it's a whole separate ordeal. Okay. It's a whole separate thing. Thankfully, it's not the, okay. the main thing. <laughs> that would have okay. sucked. Yeah. I thought it was season three. Okay.
0: Favorite live action show of the year. Mine goes to Stranger Things season four. I was actually hoping, side tangent here, that it was going to be the Lord of the Rings show. I mean, um, I love Lord of the Rings. So looking forward to it.
1: Sure. Amazon has
0: a gigantic budget for it. Right. And God, it is. I think it's terrible. I it just. Oh, no, no. Literally nothing happens. It's so boring <laughs> and slow. Oh, you know, like, God. yeah, it's a whole. I'm not even bothered with stuff that has a whole lot of talking in it. If, if the narrative's good enough, sure, or whatever, I'm interested. But I just thought literally, I, I can't. Even remember what happened, and I watched all of it, and I'm just like, it's just so weird. It's so I don't know, I don't get it. I don't know how to describe it because I don't even know what I was watching. I was just literally just forcing myself to stay awake because I was so so crazy watching it. Can't believe it's so. I know there's some people that like it, but I don't see how. Anyway. Back to Stranger Things season four, though loved it. I think was all of season four this year, or was it the second
1: part? I want to. Did they
0: do uh, one and two within the same
1: year? It's hard to remember. I want to say Stranger Things part one came out somewhere around the summer beginning, May June. Oh yeah yeah yeah, it was just a a month month or two in between.
0: That's all. Yeah, they both came out this year. Okay okay. Uh, That's my favorite live action
1: show of the year. What's yours? Okay, so I had um, House of the Dragon, the Game of Thrones spinoff. This show really impressed me. Like, leading up to this show, I know the feeling was like, this is going to suck because a lot of people did not like the final season of Game of Thrones, me included. Um, But they completely subverted expectations. It was great. I still stand to say that I think the first season of this show is better than the first season of Game of Thrones. Now, will that be the case later on? Is the whole show overall going to be better? I doubt it. Um, but the first season, great start, great characters. Yeah, they, they did a great job pulling you in, starting it off, and they leave off in a way where it, like gets you excited for what's to come. You know, in the cool. in the next few seasons. So yeah, highly recommend anyone watch that show that's into fantasy, medieval, or like Tim, if you watched Lord of the Rings, and you weren't feeling it, try try <laughs> this show. I bet you'll like it.
0: Uh, a lot of people are loving it. I do want to watch it.
1: It's really good. Definitely favorite
0: movie of the year. I have the Batman. This really is. I liked, uh, okay, here comes hot takes. <laughs> hot take, come uh, on,
1: get ready. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so, of the trilogy of the Christopher Nolan movies, right? I like Batman Begins the most out of the three.
1: The first one, okay.
0: Two is a great film. I love it. I love uh, Dark Knight, right? Sure. And then uh, Dark Knight Returns, I thought was like, there's some good parts, but it drags and it's a little boring. It's not nearly as well paced as one and two. And that's the weakest for me. I like the Batman more than
1: the Dark Knight. Okay. That is definitely a hot take. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I listen, I love the movie. I still like Dark Knight more, but I, I could totally see all jokes aside. I could totally see someone liking this one more than the others. It has a different tone, you know? Um, So
0: I think the villain did far crazier things in the Batman. And the club stuff of um, all the stuff with uh, the Catwoman oh, yeah. trying to get in there and trying to uh, uncover all of the secret society stuff that's going on. Again, that's like I've said it with Gotham Knights. While well, I was really looking forward to that because that's like my favorite bit of like – all of the drug lords, how the crime is running through the city is like my favorite bit of Batman. Sure. And this film focuses on that super hardcore. So maybe I just am like, uh, you know, based in that opinion there just because it's appealing to my favorite part of Batman lore. Sure, but, uh, sure. And uh, I that totally Gotham that. show, uh, I really loved it because of that same thing because it focused on Penguin's upbringing and all of that. So I think... Penguin is
1: more interesting than Joker. Okay. And I've always thought that. So fair enough. I loved the aspect of Batman kinda being a little newer at this whole thing. I I did like that about the this movie a lot. Yeah. I liked the tone of it way more. It felt more um the city felt more of like a crappy place to live, like a scary kind of place. You know, it felt like a real terrible city that you're just struggling in. That's that's actually I didn't think about that. that. Gotham here I think yeah. it's the most realized Gotham has ever yes. been. I in, totally agree. In film, at least. Yeah. Totally agree with you on that one. So that was one thing I liked more about it. But yeah, man. Technically, I mean, um, I liked. <laughs> what is his name?
0: <laughs> Freaking Edward. What's his name?
1: <laughs> oh, um, uh, Robert Pattinson. Yeah, it Robert? Why am I forgetting? <laughs>
0: anyway, um, I liked him in the movie, but th- I think the worst part of this film is <laughs> him moping around. Oh yeah, yeah, he's like, been like so. I'm he's like, being so mopey. I do. I, I will say that, but still,
1: <laughs> so true.
0: <laughs> uh, the ending though has me incredibly hyped though too. Like whenever he's up in the uh, prison cells and what you see there at the end is like perfect stinger for like what's to come and i'm really
1: looking oh forward yeah to it. i'm so excited for the future of, of this franchise you know whatever's coming yeah. next so okay yeah man I'm, I'm with what's you. your favorite movie of the year so my favorite movie of the year is this movie that i watched called speak no evil it was on that service called shutter like the horror movie uh streaming service okay yeah and another one that totally caught me by surprise i had no idea of this movie or anything i wasn't anticipating it but i watched it and what i loved about it of course i'm not gonna spoil anything because you need to go into this completely blind
0: i need to remember to watch this because i'm all about yes please do
1: oh man it's so good it is horror in the sense of not in the sense of jump scares or this is really grotesque or not like that it's more uh psychological horror and realistic horror and something that could really happen now when i say psychological horror it doesn't go crazy in depth into like that kind of stuff. It's more surface level. The way that people are, the way that people behave, in their cultures, and their cool. countries, okay. and their houses, right? And man, I just the movie is so frustrating to watch because you know that people are really like this in real life, and even though you want them to do things differently, <laughs> you know that humans are like this, and it's just their nature, uh, you know. Yeah. So yeah. the movie really made me think a lot, and my wife was so mad at this movie by the time we were done. But she admitted she loved the movie, but she said she also hated it. Because of the decisions that certain people made and how things went. So, Uh yeah, man, I get what you're saying. Really, really good movie. One of my favorite horror movies, definitely, in a long time. So,
0: yeah. I mean, if a movie like really makes you mad, that's almost like a positive for the creators of the film because that's
1: what they want to bring out of you. Exactly. Exactly. You ever see, side note, you ever see the movie uncut gems with adam sandler yeah i okay. watched
0: the first half loved it never finished it because <laughs> i literally fell asleep i was just it was like 1 a.m when i was trying to watch it dude
1: and i regret like not watching the rest of it yeah you gotta, you gotta it was good it was, it was
0: great it was I mean, it could be one of yeah. his best films.
1: Like. Oh yeah, you got to let me know what you think if you ever go back and watch it because I will. that one is one of the most frustrating movies I've ever ever watched just because of the things Adam Sandler is doing I'm like stop, don't do that, why are you doing this? No, and he just keeps going and going. But like you said, that's a sign of a, a good movie or a good actor or both, you know? So, yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: Okay, it's gonna be a little different between the two of us here, but yeah. I have top five albums of the year. I'm sure. just. Uh, You're a music guru. I mean, we all know that. I, you know, I really? put music technically <laughs> above video games or movies yeah. or TV movie shows or anything. That's just uh, I how t- I am d- here. I could totally see that. Yeah. So, my top five albums of the year number five, Senses Fail, Hell Is In Your Head. Number four, The Weeknd's Dawn FM. Oh, well, I, need three, to th- I need
1: to listen to that one, actually. I'm Red curious. Hot Chili
0: Peppers, Return of the Dream Canteen. Oh, and that Dawn FM one, Uh a lot of people say this when people try to uh, bring this up. And I hardly agree. Like, they're like, oh, this song is very 80s vibe, you know, and it's like, yeah, Mm -hmm, okay, a little. But this whole album genuinely feels like it was made in the 80s. Okay. And superiorly done at that. Like, if you technically even compared it to an album made in the 80s, you're going to think that, oh, well, Don FM's made a whole lot better because there's a lot. As time moves forward, we get more and more tools, get more and more knowledge on how to add this or that when it comes to creating stuff. But uh, it really is incredibly well done in terms of feeling like it's from that era. Gotcha. Anyway, the Red Hot Chili Peppers Return to Dream Canteen is number three. It could be higher. The problem is it just came out. Uh, I have <laughs> have been about a week, to and I really, really love it uh more than even the Don FM album which I super love but again I just need more time to for me to put it higher. Number two, Dance Gavin Dance, Jackpot Juicer, probably the best like hardcore album to come out in like okay. 10 years. Incredibly well done album. Uh they're so talented. The uh, the drummer, the guitarist, the vocalist are like top tier uh, cool. in their field. Really, really talented uh mars volta self-titled mars volta basically will come in with an album once every seeming like five years or so they don't have many albums uh it's more of like a sod project of like different people from different bands sort of come in and Make this and move on, but it's some of my favorite stuff, and every album of theirs is just incredible, and this one's no different. Mars Volta, self-titled. Listen to it; you'll see what I mean. Every song is very diverse. I think they're technically Spanish. I'm curious of what I think exact they are. Virgin. I think I've heard. I that. can just <laughs> tell because there's certain tracks. I mean, one they're like straight up speaking Spanish and oh, kind stuff. Of okay, <laughs> tracks. I just love it so awesome uh, that's my top five i have so uh, another album i've just listened to a ton that came out this year is under Oath's new album but it didn't quite make my top five but i, I figured gotcha. i'd mention that as well all right anyway. let me ask
1: let me ask you a question as someone who really enjoys music although i will totally admit that i'm not on the level as some people i know like you and a few of my other friends who are like music is everything right and i love music it's just I'm bad at doing the discovery of new music, right? So is there any sort of thing I'm missing here? Because this is what I always do, ready? I'll get in my car, I'll play some music that I know and I love, right? If one of those artists come out with new music, very typically, especially these three artists that I put here, no problem, I'll go check out their new album. I'll try to listen through the whole thing, just keep playing it until you know I see if I like it or not. But yeah. like for me to get in my car and then let YouTube music just keep playing new music. It's very hard for me to just let it happen and enjoy the music because I don't know the words, I don't know the song, and that's the point. Obviously, I understand that, but I'm trying to find some better way. I think I'm the same way,
0: but I will tell you the answer. Okay, Okay, okay.
1: I need to know this because I want to branch out more.
0: Here's what you need to do. You need to play a song or an artist that you do like, right? Okay, Okay, here's one trick you can do, whether you're using Spotify, YouTube music, whatever. (laughs) Play right. the last track of the album on purpose. Skip it to the very end if you need to, because the okay. very next track that plays is going to be something of a similar, similar yeah. uh, style. Okay. And then listen to it. If you like it, whether you know it or not or anything, if you think you even like, think it's good on any level, like, right. oh, I kind of like this, Right. go ahead and click the album right, the that little... the song is from. Okay. And actually play through the album. You don't have to play beginning to end, right. but play with the first track, around. skim around, jump around, play the next, listen a bit, listen a bit. Okay. Literally click track through track of that album. Like play the first, listen a bit, mm, play the second. Idea. If kind you really, really like it, just keep the track rolling to the very end. If you want to skip, skip. And then just go through the album that way. Okay. Once you go through that whole album and you're like, okay, I really like that album. Save that album. And then as you keep doing this, or you can just play a single track, right? Right. right. Um, from something and a lot of times Spotify and YouTube music and plenty others will do. If you play a single track, it will also play similar music out from that. Right. And the very next track that plays will be something different, but always go into the album itself and explore that album. I see. It's hard to get into the habit of this. Right. But once you start doing that, Next thing you'll notice like okay whether it's rap whether it's rock regardless of the genre right if play a song you like let music after that play and if it's something you even slightly like immediately dive oh, into gosh. the album and play okay. it through the album That's a good and idea. The next thing you know you'll have literally within a week you'll have 30 or 40 albums stacked up of stuff and then you need to actually get into the habit If you like that album, you skim around it, and you're like, okay, yeah, I like it as a whole, and you save the album. Actually, then try to actually listen to the whole album. That's the hardest part. It's actually all
1: the stuff you have. at. Don't try to listen to the
0: full album from the beginning. That's the mistake a lot of people make. Okay, okay. Skim through it. Make sure you like it, the whole album. Then add it. Then later on, when you're in your car, you're home, you you're playing a game, whatever the case is, right. play that yeah. album beginning to end. Let it play. Don't put it on shuffle. That's a good idea. Do play a game, uh, play it in your car when you have to travel, whatever the case is, and just listen through that whole album. Only do that to the albums that you shuffle through and seem to like. All right. right.
1: Thank you that's actually very helpful because I've been this is something I've been trying to I've been kind of struggling with for a while but the whole the, the aspect of like you don't have to listen from beginning to end you can jump around first see if you like it and then yes. that actually and will later on more. save
0: it and then put it you know and then play beginning to end gotcha. after the fact once you know you like it Okay so, so like, like this bit right here like uh any Hoobastink stink album literally like um right. Play a single song from Hoobastank, but make sure you're not, like, selecting the album, selecting the song. If you're up in the album of a Hoobastank album, I guess you can technically select the last song, like I'm saying. Fast forward to the very end and just see what pops up next.
1: I see. Right? Right. Okay.
0: And then just keep clicking next on whatever song pops up next until it's a song that you – kind of like you don't have to like love it because you're never going to love it at first
1: right 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 that's Uh, true
0: especially if it's different enough but just get a feel for it if it's a song you kind of like then you kind of like
1: the album and you skim through that so it's a lot of skimming until you actually makes a lot of sense See, and i knew you'd have the answer to that (laughs) all (laughs) right well that that being said i kind of wanted to so number one i'm going to mention a few um artists that i do listen to a lot these days and then also I wanted to point out a book I've been listening to on Audible. So, I'll throw my own little bit in there. So, first of all, like, Hoobastank has been – that's been a band I've been listening to. That is the band that got me into anything outside of, like, hip-hop and rap. So, I'm so grateful for them for that aspect alone. Like, I never, ever – when I was a kid, it was only, like, rap and hip-hop. That was it. So – uh, they're the ones who pulled me into that that field, and I'm so glad they did. They've they're kind of like what you were explaining with the Mars Volta. It seems like they're they're doing fine. They don't need to be making music all the time. They'll make yeah. an album every five or six years, you know, come out, and I'm always there for it. I know the whole meme is like so many people only know. I I was happy when you said you actually knew them because so many people only know. The, the reason. reason that's all yeah. they know about them, and they've made so much better music than that. I thought I think the, the first song it I ever heard was that "Crawling in the Dark" song. Oh yeah, I mean that's a banger, man. Yeah. I, I, I think that day. was
0: because of so it was a snowboarding game.
1: Oh, it was probably uh, in something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had a lot of games. Of, actually, a fun fact about that: more recently, do you remember that Sonic game that came out a few years ago? It was called Sonic forces was it yeah i think they had a song in that that i love it's like such a video game song um but it's great but yeah man i can listen to any other albums anytime they're they're easily my favorite band so i know all their stuff that's like my comfort that's like my anytime any day i'll listen to them
0: um
1: so yeah so i've been diving back into them a little bit lately just kind of remembering all that there's so many songs that i forgot like not that i forgot like i knew all the words again as soon as i started playing but i had just forgotten about their existence so it's always nice to revisit revisit that band obviously uh, Rise Against is a band I've always enjoyed as well although their last few albums I think I did the thing that you just mentioned like I listened to one of one of their albums a few songs here and there I wasn't really feeling it and I kind of just but dropped off see I
0: don't like
1: anything like basically the last 10 years of music they've made I don't like. I yeah same with me I I don't know why the last one I really liked was I think it was Endgame I liked that album and then they've made like three or four albums since then and I just I don't know what it is. I haven't been into it. So I'm making a conscious effort to try to listen to their new album. Just give it a try again and see if I get anywhere. So we'll see how that goes. I just started again.
0: I I listened to this Nowhere Generation actually recently. I've tried a few times. right? And regardless, I still can't get into it. I
1: think that, unfortunately, that might be the result, and then I'll go back to listen to the Suffer and the Witness (laughs) and Siren Songs of the Counterculture or something. I mean, that's how it always goes with them. Yeah. And then one other one is Dua Lipa is a relatively newer artist that I've been getting. Like, it's been, like, probably since 2020. I really just Oh, my, I love her music so much now. In 2020, I started listening to her new album just randomly. Like, I hear the hits on the radio, obviously, but then I started listening to her whole album, and I'm like, man, this thing is hit after hit after hit. Like, there's so much good, like, music on here that – you can either just sit and chill to, you can dance to. It's just like the perfect, for me at least, the perfect kind of music for anything. I can listen to those songs over and over and over. And I never get tired of it. So she's working on a new album. I have a
0: few like pop female artists that I actually really like. Sure. Um, she's, how do I put this? Um, she's like mega big. And these other artists that I'm going to bring There's aren't nearly as big, but sure. it's still similar vibes. And sure, see sure. if you can remember here and like dive into it and see if you like her. Uh, yeah. One yeah. is Lights. Uh, another I'm gonna, one. I'm just gonna is, type them right here, just so I have it. You said lights. Lights, very similar okay. vibes. Okay. Um, another one is churches.
1: Oh, I've heard of them. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Those two alone—that's all okay. you need for right now. I think those two are similar enough to her. And listen to both of their newer stuff, and then go back if you want to go back. But I think their latest stuff is their best stuff. All right. So uh, let
1: me ask you a question: If on YouTube Music, if I want to save an artist or something like, is there a, I guess I'm not understanding the proper way to go about it. Yes. You can make a playlist. Yes, you can. Okay. Is there, so
0: if, if I say an artist, let's say lights, right? Okay. When you go to lights page, go right. ahead and play the most popular song. Okay. It top will songs. list like hearts the on top fire. five songs, right? Okay. So let's click this. Whoops. Okay.
1: Is it like that? It doesn't sound like light. Play it again. It says hearts on fire. El- Elenium dabin and lights. Well, she's yes. featured. Maybe she's featuring in that one. Maybe that's Here, here's quiet. That's her, or I think. Does
0: it sound right? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's okay. Her. So I, I, I haven't heard that first one, but maybe she's featured, and maybe
1: that's why. Yeah, she's probably featured. Yeah.
0: But play, play the top tracks. Okay. See what you think. Then go deeper. Uh, if it's a track you like, then go to that track's album because okay. many artists always will do like. And an album will be a whole vibe, right? And the next album release will be a very different vibe. Different vibe, I see. So and should I add this to my queue?
1: Or, or how don't do you... add your
0: cue. So let's say it's a track... Uh, a track I think you're going to like... Look, you're using YouTube music. Yeah. And you don't then... see a more after those five songs now.
1: Oh, yeah, there's more. Okay. Yep. Okay.
0: Okay. Do uh, Skydiving. That's very similar to... <laughs> Uh Duolipa? Yeah. Anyway, I think this song is very similar to that to her vibe. So add this song to your library. Click at click the little three dots, go add to library. Okay. And then whenever you select that song from your library, the very next song that's gonna play is whatever similar from this style. And uh and it will kind of spider web out. And every time you do this. If someone tells you an artist to listen to, go through their top songs, just click stuff at random. You find something you like, add it to your library, Okay. and then you can dive into the album or you can play that track individually and then just see what it auto-plays next to find something different in that vein.
1: Very cool. Well, everyone listening just got a tutorial on... Finding some new artists. Now you guys know if you're struggling with the same problem as me. <laughs> now you know what to do. Very cool. All right. I'm excited. I'm going to check that out. So
0: Now, Lights is very, very, like, just like Dua Lipa, yeah. right? You got it. You got it. Okay. Anyway, just like her, it's I would call it bubblegum pop almost. Okay. That's okay. what I would call it. It's very girly poppy, but it's good. I don't know. Sorry.
1: I never in a million years would have imagined that I would like this kind of music, but I'm just like, I've gotten to an age now where I'm like, I'm not going to not listen to a song because it's a certain genre or a certain style. Like if I like it, I'm, I like it, you know? And yeah, 10, 15 yeah.
0: years ago, I'd be worried would, about
1: like yeah. people yep, judging same. me for liking this and liking that, but I'm, I'm completely over it at this but point. But yeah, man, I, uh, her album is one of my favorites and she's apparently working on a new album. She said it's like 50% done. So I'm waiting for that, whatever that is. So okay. Oh, oh sorry. Very quickly. I wanted to mention on audible. I've been listening to this book. My brother got me on it. There's five books in the series. Apparently First one came out in 2020. So this author is just cranking these books out. It's called Dungeon Crawler Carl. And what it is, is it's this genre of books that's like uh, literature, but it's like an, it's like video game literature, right? Think like Ready Player One, although in my opinion, this is way deeper and way better than this. It's like an RPG, right? So the premise of the, and this is no spoilers, this is like the, the whole premise of the book. It's very interesting. So basically at this random time, if any human being is inside or underneath a car roof, any sort of roof above them at any at this random time, these aliens from this other planet come and they basically crush every building, every structure, everything that's like that, just crush it down to the ground. Just completely, everything is dead. Any human who was in a building, any human who was in a car... Anything is gone instantly at that time, right? And what the aliens want to do is they want to to use all of these materials that they've now crushed and compacted for resources for their planet or whatever, right? That's a general outline. So if you happen to have been outside at this time or not underneath a roof or anything like that, you survive, right? And the aliens then send you this message that says basically, hey, we're starting this... Tournament. We're using the resources to build this underground facility, like a very, very deep underground facility. Everyone who's survived can either stay outside and try to fend for themselves, or underground they can go- facility on Earth. On Earth, yep. Okay. There's sure. this big, huge underground facility, and it's um, it's like a dungeon. It there's twelve floors, right? Continually okay. goes down and down and down. You can enter. They're like you have thirty minutes to enter at any of the access points, or you're locked out forever. Um, so oh, wow. he finds an access point goes into it and it starts from there. And when there, when the human is in there, this guy Carl that we're playing as, it turns into like a video game. He's got he's got predetermined stats based on his life. Um, mm. There's weapons, there's enemies, there's health bars. Um, every time you descend a level, you can you can trade. It, it literally is like an RPG, but you're playing as the guy. It's so awesome, man! I can't explain how fun it is for me to listen to this book as a a, game, a video gamer. Obviously, it's really cool. Like he just recently found this ring that he puts on. Um, and it gives him extra strength with bare knuckle fighting. But he's like looking at his stats, and his bare fists are stronger than the pipe that he picked up. So he's like fighting this freaking monster with his fists, and he's Does like, I don't give
0: do. that extra <laughs> layer of dialogue in the book to where he's genuinely freaking out at first because of the
1: situation that's unfolding and he feels very real a hundred percent they do such a great job of making it seem like a human who was thrown into a video game world he's not like comfortable all of a sudden fighting these monsters he's like yeah i was wondering. he got like his cat that he has with him he would happen to be having his cat is outside and he goes outside and then all this happens that's why he has the cat with him okay so the cat enters the dungeon too and the cat has like Level 10 dexterity, like that's the one stat uh, the cat has okay. high. You know, <laughs> he's got like level eight um strength, you know, because he's like a strong, bulky guy, but his intelligence is two. And okay. each spell requires um two level intelligence, so it really is, feels like a real RPG. And okay. um, it's very cool, I'm really enjoying it. And the, to know that there's five books of it, I'm like Jesus, this is crazy. Say the name of it again, it's called Dungeon Crawler Carl, is the first okay. one. And the last thing I'll mention is like they mentioned that. The number of people who have survived and are in the dungeon currently. And remember, the dungeon covers the whole world's surface. Like, these aliens have comprised this whole thing somehow. Okay. So someone in China and someone in the U.S. might be both entering the dungeon at opposite no, ends of no, the no. world. Okay. Um, there's, like, three million players. And they want them to continually – as you go far, further and further down, they keep – they close Now, did you point. say
0: anyone who wasn't outside died?
1: Yes. anyone who wasn't Anyone who was under some sort of roof above yeah. their head, dead instantly just crushed and and so there's timers for like the book will do a really good job of saying and again everything i've said so far is all premises i'm not getting into anything yeah every chapter will say like four days left until level 12 dungeon collapses they each collapse as you go okay and we're talking about three million people so like already a ton of people died and and i'm only on floor 11 like i'm just getting into the book now like i'm maybe like
0: if i were oh, no. to guess i would guess like literally half died on the first level oh yeah
1: yeah huge huge amount on the first level <laughs> but but then uh, apparently there's like very video gamey stuff going on certain floors there's merchants who can give you these things to bypass yeah. this or survive that okay. then certain dungeon entrances to get to the next level there's bosses in your way and stuff like you know so it's it's really really cool huh. i read ready player one and i was like this is a fun cool thing for people who like video games but this took it to another level i think it's way way better um, okay so yeah man I sounds really interested neat. super cool so uh so yeah i'm gonna keep going on that okay
0: next year, what video game would you bring on a deserted island just for a fun question, it doesn't have to be a video game release this year. Sure, sure. Now, sure. any rules can apply of like how the game works. You don't have to worry about like, well, we won't have internet on the right, right, island right. We can or just we won't have electricity. That, man. Just don't worry about any of that. But if you had just, you know, typical one game with you, literally on the island, who knows how long you're going to be
1: on the island, what would you bring with you? Man, this is a hard one. <laughs> like, I feel like I have so many games in my head, but. Ugh. Oh, man, hold on. I want to give this another second to think here. Do you have one? Well, I'll on give my no? answer. Yeah, go ahead. Go uh, ahead. I just
0: thought of one. Final Fantasy fourteen. Ah, great choice. I mean, thousands of hours, genuinely good plot. Uh, I can go spend 10 hours fishing. I can go and uh, spend tw- 20 hours doing dungeon stuff. You know what I mean? Like uh, yes, the yes. diversity would be uh, really good. Be a good island game.
1: Honestly, at this point, I might bring, I might bring something like Elden Ring because I feel like that's
0: a good pick. Because yeah. man, there's so much that I, I really fully believe not a single person has seen oh, no everything way. in this game. Right? No way.
1: And and you can do new game plus one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. <laughs> you can get into PvP. You can. I mean, mm-hmm. there's so so much you could do. So that's a good pick. That's the first one I think of off the top of my head, probably. I mean, that's a good pick. Yep, yep. So.
0: I'm a I'm a Final Fantasy fanatic and I, I'm gonna go with that. All right. Yeah. Uh biggest flops of twenty twenty-two. <laughs> um I oh listed boy. a few of them here. Dying Light 2, Gotham Knights, yeah. the Callisto Protocol. Now, flops meaning we were expecting this, but we got this. Right. And we are highly like Dang, this sucks. I yep. thought it was going to be much more. I think that's than
1: that. totally fair. Yeah. Um, definition
0: PlayStation really. Plus premium tier. For me, I was super looking forward to this because, ooh, I finally will be able to like play some PS1 classics with some trophies, <laughs> better graphics, run better, all of that stuff. And I can just dive into a bunch of awesome. And we really didn't get any good PlayStation classics still to this day. And it's been like, six seven months now so the crazy. best we got is like maybe ape escape <laughs> but it's like come on there's way better games than this what are y'all doing so big flop for me and then babylon's fall uh oh, i boy. forgot this even existed because it was that big of a flop so bad and, uh, yeah can you think of anything <laughs> else that flopped this year
1: <sighs> um i think i got them well covered i, here. I, I will know. say just just to add some more background to these Callisto Protocol is a game that, man, it's so disappointing to me because I was so excited for it. And it it clearly – I don't care what everyone says. Oh, well, I'm having fun with it. It's great to me. I know what the game is. I've seen enough. I've read enough yeah, to understand yeah. what the game is, and it's super disappointing to me. I and think the combat game. is my biggest problem with the yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. Lo- the
0: dodge <laughs> and left and right bit, and apparently <laughs> all you have to do is just hold left, and then, oh, you won't, like, what? Be able to do as much damage,
1: but who cares? It still it's, technically works. It's just um, the other thing that really disappoints me about Callisto Protocol. And granted, I still will play this game when it's on sale. I'll probably pick it up. Is that it seems like the game has no like soul. Like you just walk and fight. And walk and fight. There's yeah, no- it has
0: a little exposition in the beginning, and that's about it.
1: Yeah, it's like yeah. it's like no branching paths, or no puzzles, or no nothing to 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 support the the general uh, gameplay of a combat. Right? Like there's nothing. Now going on. the
0: branching paths. What it is is like okay, there will be two or three paths technically. Whenever you're going. But you take one path. It just goes around the corner. <laughs> around. You, may, you may find an item, right? You can take a different one, and it may go a little further. You may find an item, and you may not, and then track back, and then you go down the main path again. So yep. if there is a branching path, it's just a little short little thing where there mm-hmm. may or may not be a reward, and then you're going back to where you originally were. It's not that's like,
1: it. yeah, yeah. So so that that's my thoughts on that one. And then on Dying Light 2, man, the first one was so good. This one was riddled with bugs. Uh, the story sucked in this one. I just felt like it was a, a way inferior uh, product than the first one. So, yep, too bad. Gotham Knights, I didn't play. But, man, do, do we need to even play it to know? Babylon's Fall, another one. Um, <laughs> I'm good. I don't need to play those. Yeah, I'm good on those. And PlayStation <laughs> Plus Premium tier, yeah, they've dropped the ball on that hard. So, yeah. I think yeah and that's,
0: nice. a, that's a very personal thing with me because I really was looking forward to uh, playing sure. some great PS1 games. And it just didn't happen and that was the only thing i was looking forward out of this whole tier system of being like Uh okay well it's not going to be as good as game pass because they're not going to be able to like have the funds to get this big get day one or this big get day one or they won't put their first part of games day one either but maybe oh i can get enjoyment out of these classics but i but i didn't get that either so all it really is is games that have been out years at this time even though they're great games if a game is big enough i'm gonna get my hands on it so it doesn't really help me out here game pass helps me out because it's again like high on life when it dropped i'm playing it when it drops and it's a big game from the beginning and that's what i'm paying the service for so i don't have to 60 bucks here 70 bucks here 60 bucks here 40 bucks here 60 bucks here like it saves me
1: hundreds of dollars by the end of the year so yeah yeah. And that's that's how I've been. Um, I'll talk more about it later. But I, some one of my students gave me a fifteen dollars Microsoft gift card. I was like, man, I don't really game anything on Microsoft. but I was like, oh, I could get a Game Pass subscription. So I I just <laughs> got it for a month, and I've been playing High on Life. So okay, I'll talk about it more later.
0: But uh, uh, can you think of any other flop? I think I think that's, I I honestly cannot. I I don't, I don't I don't know of any other
1: flop this year. That's yeah yeah.
0: Biggest impacts in the gaming industry for 2022. Basically just any big story here. Now, number one, this looks a little weird. Kojima is what I put because I kind of have to explain this here. One, it's because of Death Stranding 2's announcement. Hugely mind blown. Very excited for that. But Kojima as well, because of his podcast, being able to really listen to somebody's deep internal thoughts When they're such a big creative force, it's incredibly enjoyable to listen to. And I think it's one of the coolest things to happen this year. The same with Sakurai, who makes Smash Bros. Mm -hmm. He made a YouTube channel and he throws up videos describing video game development, tricks to the trade, interesting things about this and that. And this is the first time we're getting insight to these minds and really you're able to fully grasp, wow, they really are just this whole other level of a mind that uh, they've really put in both the experience, the amount of stress and workload of them staying late nights for years working on a single project. Then just describing how they even come up with some things are just really, really interesting. Breaking down how like uh, simple things work in video games and making them look far more complex than we would imagine just playing them. We don't realize they're as deep and as hard to create as what we would think, you know, and being able to get a full grasp on that when these people are talking about this and that. So I wanted to highlight that. Uh, Kojima's podcast specifically is probably the best in this realm of really getting a deep inside dive on how things are done. Um, he even gets people, he got Jordan Pill on his show to talk about the creation of NOPE. He got uh, the director of Ghost in the Shell uh, talking about just different things when it comes to directing and how he never wants to be a producer. But Kojima's thinking about being a producer and what it means being a producer compared to what it means being a director and all that really gets involved with all of that. And they really get into the nitty gritty. There's so much good insight into the industry if you listen to it. Very cool. Yeah. Um, next here, I have Microsoft buying Activision for sixty-eight point seven billion. Hands down, one of the well, it is the biggest thing when it comes to the entertainment industry of a buy. Uh, we've gotten bigger buys of companies in general when it comes to like let's say like an AT and T or something like that. But this is easily the biggest when it comes to film, music, television, gaming, any of that. I means uh it needs to be mentioned <laughs> and then playstation plus creating a tier system in response to game pass and then just even going this pathway of being like yes subscriptions really are the big new thing right now and it seems a lot of people actually really like subscriptions and so playstation is also adopting their own t- system i thought that's pretty major for this year um, one thing I want to ask you when it comes to uh, subscriptions, like there's a lot to, uh, to hate and love about it. Do you think it's good for the gaming industry to have a subscription model? Like, for example, a lot of people think it hurts more than it helps. And I'm curious on your viewpoint of subscriptions in general when it comes to any company doing it in the in the gaming realm.
1: Yeah, man, I, it's so hard to say because... You know, when you think of, like, TV and movies, obviously, it's not really... I don't think anyone would say... They do don't you like prefer
0: subscriptions touch. when it comes to TVs and movies? Well, I think TVs I and movies,
1: I do. With gaming, oh, man, it's a tough call. Because I, I could see... And again, I'm not saying this with any certainty either way. Or the other well, I know anymore. you
0: haven't adopted it into your flow yourself. Right. So, I, it's also
1: why I'm asking you this. Sure, sure. So, for me personally, and again, this is the first time that I'm actually using Game Pass as intended you know, I wanted this game. It cost $60. It's like, I've already spent too much money lately. Let me just grab the the service. And it has been beneficial in that sense. Do I think that it would be beneficial for every game to be this way? I don't know. I wonder.
0: Is it a positive for the industry as a whole? Like, do we think we should not have it? Do you think we should?
1: I don't know. I'm going to say, I don't think it would be a positive if, all three companies had services like this and they're all putting their first party games on there. That would be great for us. I just don't know. There's a lot of factors to consider about like how much are they paying the developers, right? I'm sure they're taking care of them now. Let's say down the line, Game Pass increases. They start maybe paying them a little less. I don't know. I just don't know these things. You're
0: worried about the after effect of like, okay, right. even if things could be good now, they're paying right. enough people now. In five years, what if it's so large they, they can get away with not paying them as much because it's too big at this point.
1: Sure, and I worry I worry about, like, what about the developer that doesn't want to put their game on Game Pass? And then the yeah. game sells like crap because people, everyone's so used to the subscription service, you know? I think there's mm-hmm. a lot of positives, but I think it's totally fair to say there's probably some negatives, too. So it's hard to say... If it would be a negative, and that
0: would be a negative because I can fully imagine that taking place. I sure. actually i I would bet a million dollars on that taking place. We know that would take place, right?
1: Hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah.
0: Is that a big enough reason to say we shouldn't have it?
1: Yeah, again, it's it's hard to know now. How long has Game Pass been out for? Would you say it's like three years? And how long has Game Pass been putting their first party titles, every single one, on Game Pass from day one? That wasn't an immediate thing, right? yeah. It
0: wasn't an immediate thing, it's been about close to two years, so let's say maybe four years in total, and maybe the last two has been first party only. Now, the thing right. is, though, they haven't had nearly haven't a strong had, right. first party, that's all gonna start right in 2023. So, we're actually starts- going to have big big titles right and when that starts do they up the price of that's pieces? what i'm saying
1: i'll be curious to see what happens when that happens because let's be honest like you said right now game pass is a great value but you're getting a lot of games that are not the big heavy hitters that people love you're getting good games sure now all of a sudden next year you have starfield redfall avowed plus all these other games plus some good third-party games and you're only charging ten dollars a month or fifteen depending I don't know. That might start changing. Maybe people think, what if, like, there's so many ways this could go. What if they up the price to 25 bucks a month and a lot of people drop out, but now Microsoft is not making enough money, and now they're going to say, well, we couldn't get these deals. You know what I mean? Like, it can go any way. So I feel like we need more time to tell for sure. Um, And is anyone else going to join them? Is Nintendo? I doubt it. Is Nintendo going to go ahead and make their own service and put their games on? Is PlayStation going to finally give in and say, "Let's put our games on," or is PlayStation first-party games going to come to PC day one? You know what I mean? Like, there's so many mm-hmm. things that can affect this that it's hard to say either way. So, okay, okay, I think we just need more time to, to see.
0: Next big thing this year: Steam Deck, Huge. a whole new way to play, released this year, and I absolutely love the thing. I oh, love it. Um, it really is fulfilling the promise of. PC gaming yet in a handheld form in a realistic manner. I mean, yes, you cannot play uh, the highest end game on the highest settings and it runs 60 FPS and everything is just magical, right? Right, right. Yes, there are some conditions to it, but the conditions I feel are totally reasonable. And there are still plenty, plenty of games that don't require. A, a, an expensive rig to run yes and to yes. be able to enjoy you know there's there's a game every week that's an incredible fun game that could technically run on a base ps4 you know what i mean so yep yep because of that because we're still living in that reality steam deck is such a great device because there's so much variety of what you could play on this thing from elden ring to a monster hunter game to cuphead to uh, Final Fantasy fourteen, to just from MMOs to Destiny to, you know, like there's so much variety to take place on, on a little handheld device. And it broke that wall that like, that's the thing with switch is like switch. You really are forced on Nintendo first party indies. And at this point in the game, we got ps5 and series x and all that you can't really play any current big release when it comes to pushing to all systems you're dedicated to oh you can play the big indie game like tunic you know and you can sure. play the big part, nintendo first party but that's kind of your limit now and steam deck is bust opening this doors so of being like no you really can play i mean elden ring is the biggest thing uh to, to happen this yeah, year gigantic. when it comes to gaming and the fact that you can just play that on a handheld um yes you got to put it on low settings you got to turn on the fsr but if you want to play higher settings maybe you set it to 45 frames instead of 60 whatever the case is but uh when it first released i would say it was a little rough but if you play Elden ring now on steam deck it's actually in a, a really good experience i've heard um, it's much better so so the but that's just one of a trillion examples i mean monster hunter rise uh, i love playing that on my steam deck um and so i mean these are games that are currently big and active and lots of players playing there are some few things where i'm disappointed a little here and there when it comes to let's say like halo infinite i, I really wish i could play it on steam deck and it's yes. just. Not a good experience on Steam Deck at all. It actually runs now compared to when it didn't before, but running it, I need 60 frames when I play that game. Especially Halo. Yeah. yeah. And when I set it to 60, it just, it won't hit it. It's like, if it does hit it, it looks so, so terrible. I put everything the lowest possible setting. I set it forced to have to run at 60 and the resolution drops so low. It looks ridiculously bad. So anyway, so there, there are still situations like that. You know, not everything's perfect, but you still have access to literally thousands of games that you could play that are really good experiences on, on the Steam Deck. So, so as long as you can get that mentality of not trying to force the biggest, best-looking thing, you'll be good, you know?
1: Agreed. Yeah, I think it's amazing, man. Uh, don't really have much more to add. You kind of covered it off, but it's a great piece of tech.
0: <laughs> oh, one more thing. Just the hardware, like the the buttons, the joysticks, all of that feel great. It yes. is heavy. It is it heavy. Is. And it like you play, try to play in bed after about thirty minutes, your hands hurt <laughs> drop like, it on oh, your you're holding
1: is. it up in bed, it just clocks your face.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it does need to be lighter. Uh I will say that. Yeah. But anyway. Grand Theft Auto 6 leak. This is the biggest leak to happen in video game history, in my opinion. Uh, The only thing I could think of to get close is, uh, I think, Half-Life 2 leaked before it released, and they literally rewrote a bunch of that game because of the leak outside of that i can't think anything that comes close to the magnitude of this i think this is even way larger though i mean grand theft auto 5 what is it the most sold video game to exist it's got to
1: be up there now
0: (laughs) i think it is um anyway so a new one coming out i mean the fact that we can just see all of these assets still being worked on and so much of it was leaked Right. The amount of the leak is ridiculously large. And uh, it really like you really start to question like the company as a whole, like I like what are they even going to do? How are they going to handle it? All of that. It seemed in the end, like looking back, knowing hindsight, like I guess it doesn't look too bad. Yeah, but can you imagine in the moment how they must have felt? Though they must have been, oh my god! Can
1: you imagine? They just wake up and just see their game all over the internet. Like, and it's not—it's <laughs> not a clickbait for once, because you know we've seen we've seen uh, videos like that where yeah. GTA Six leak, and it's just complete BS. But man, that was that was nuts. That was a crazy day. But I'm excited from what I saw. I'm like, if this is it actually the leak. made
0: me excited, yeah. Yeah, I'm like, if
1: this is the leak. Then, man, I can't wait for the real game. Yeah. Uh, Looks great.
0: I love the main character. Super exciting, man. Yeah. So uh Google Stadia shutdown. Now, yes, uh, tons of people are just expecting this to happen anyway. It was not catching on. Uh, I've said it once and I'll say it again. It really is because of the way the pricing model went. Oh, yeah. Uh, whenever you can get game pass for a similar price and you can cloud game, plus you could also just play it native but Google Stadia, you're forced to only play cloud and you can't pay monthly. You have to actually just outright buy the game. So you're going to drop 60 bucks on the next game and play with actually a kind of a low end PC even. Like uh, any of the games, like my PC's pretty like low to mid mm-hmm. and it's far better than what Google Stadia's PC was. Sure. So like the first thing was like it was a pretty low end PC, on top of only being forced to stream, plus having to pay full price for the game. I just think it was a bad, um, bad thing to give to customers.
1: Yeah, and even the... Like, from what everyone says, it sounds like the technology that they use, the streaming technology, was pretty good. That wasn't was, the problem. It
0: was incredibly good,
1: actually. Yeah, it sounds like their issue was everything else. Their marketing, yeah. their pricing model. Like, do you really expect people to pay $60 for a game? I don't even mean digitally, because I do that. But to pay digital $60 and then not technically like even own the thing, like it's your streaming. I don't know. It's just a weird, weird approach, but it's too bad. Didn't work out for him. So I'm starting to realize as more years go by that it doesn't matter how much money a company has. You really need to know how to enter this video gaming space. You can't just barge your way in there. Like, Apple has more money than the federal government, but that doesn't mean all of a sudden that they could make a new system and be successful. It doesn't really work like that.
0: Apple had a terrible time when it comes to their games on their platform until they finally did this Apple Arcade thing. Apple Arcade. But this is very... This is only in the last year, but they they have this big issue when it comes to like, well, everything's just got to be free because if anyone charges, people just aren't going to pay for it because there's so many other options that are free or the best you can do is maybe charge a dollar. So then now you're just having a race to the bottom of all these crappy games and you can't really like
1: sustain any sort of like real quality there. It's just, man, what a shame. I I think that when people enter this space, they really need to – Get with the right people, make the right decisions. Like you can't just barge away. Get in, the
0: average yeah. everyday gamer, and it would go wrong. Right.
1: They'll edge. probably do better than, than these big <laughs> companies could do. You know, look,
0: I know they're not going to understand everything on like the business side of it all to an extent. I think they would know far really good certain business moves. You know what I mean? But I understand there's far more that they won't know, of course. But why can't they still be a part in whatever they could supply? If you can get that baseline of them just being there telling you, no, nah, this can't work, this wouldn't work. A, a, a gamer's not going to play with that. A gamer's not, like it's it's almost like they've they've got all of the deep paperwork stuff. Let's say seventy percent they probably could solve, but it's like that thirty percent of just the actual just basic knowledge that just a fifteen year old would know. They seem to lack.
1: Right, rip, rip, stadia.
0: Hey. They refunded everybody. I they, got the that, refund. I I'm sh- I'm ended shocked. up getting about two hundred back. So
1: I am shocked that they did that. To be honest, good on them. <laughs> uh,
0: Super Mario Bros. movie trailers. Oh, the man, fact that so we actually so got scary, to man. see footage of this film, and we were this is the very first video game movie that isn't like uh live action. And it looks good on top of it. Like we, I don't know. One, have we even got a video game movie? We got a video
1: game movie it's not live action. Wow! Now that you mention it, we've got a TV (laughs) show. We've got Castlevania, but have we gotten? Have we gotten a movie? movie. Like, yeah. Wow, that's a good. I'm sure there's been a few under the radar, like the Ratchet the Ratchet and Clank one, for example. Um, Yeah. But no, that wasn't one you could even go to the theaters for, was it? I don't know actually. I don't know if it came out in theaters. But yeah, you're you're right. It's definitely they're definitely lacking there, so mm-hmm. there you go. And that's, that's what I
0: wanted, and before we even knew if it was gonna be live acts or not, I was like, please, 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 please let it be animated. hmm mm-hmm. Yeah, very happy about that. And and it looks so good. It looks great. It looks really great. Can't wait, man. I will admit, like it's not to the extent that people make it out, but yes, Chris Pratt really is like the lowest comma denominator. That's the only compared thing to yeah. the yeah. other, uh, performers in the movie. Right. It's just like, okay, let's go. We are right. It's just <laughs> so like basic. Um, and then you have like Jack Black just being Bowser so He's well. Awesome. You know? Yeah. Um, so
1: I will say that, but I'm. Pff, it still is incredible. Oh, it's still going to be great. It's not like his performance is freaking making me like, oh my God, it's just I hate mediocre. this so much. It's just, it's just there. It's just whatever, yeah. you know? Nothing, <laughs>
0: nothing crazy. Nintendo Switch sells surpass Wii and PS4. The fact that the Switch crazy. is this gigantic of a device and sells this majorly. Fucking huge, man. A big talking point this year, the 30 FPS Finesco. Just give there it are up. still games encouraging give up, people trying to release a 30 frames. Stop. If you we'll find do.
1: yourself typing on Facebook or Twitter or any of those, something along the lines of, and I quote, I don't even see the difference. I don't care. Just stop. You're not helping. <laughs> you're just helping for this to prolong itself. Just stop. Like, isn't, isn't it okay to admit that although you're not really – knowledgeable about something that it's a real thing like can we just start accepting that because so many people i can't tell the difference well that's because you haven't experienced it i mean that's all (laughs) it is really you know yes yes i don't know it's just so silly 30 fps should not be a thing in 2022 like come on give me a break don't say and the, the
0: people the creators like you got some balls. Right, to just think you can just drop a game and in Carton Gen at thirty. There's games running at one twenty. What are you doing? We are not in the thirty frame realm.
1: There's games running at sixty that are huge open world games that look better than yes. these yes. excuse of games. You know, it just makes no sense, man. So. Yes. <laughs> um and then last
0: just elden ring just taking over the whole year and discussions of just people sharing their discoveries it was that <laughs> it's the same thing with that zelda breath of the wild when that game came yep. out and everyone's just sharing their stories and just oh, man. so be- neat to see this and that he's like wait i didn't know this existed i didn't know that existed right. and so on just th- yeah
1: and can you so- imagine that we're gonna be able to do it all over again in may of next year in yes because yes. yes. like there's there's a lot of great games coming out next year but the only game I can think of coming out next year that I think will be a huge conversation piece for the whole year is probably Zelda. Like, yeah. Final Fantasy 16 is going to be an awesome game. I know that. I know people will talk about it. But do I think it'll have the legs that Elden Ring or, or, or excuse me, or Zelda Breath of the Wild did in terms of like people sharing videos of things they're doing or exploring? Probably not. It's not that The only
0: game play. I can imagine being shared in Phenomenal that big, even though I don't think it will. But that has a chance. Is Starfield? Starfield, yep. That's yep. the only game I can imagine to where if they see right. just because someone exploring a planet that no one else saw and it ended up being really interesting planet, right. you know what right. I mean? Like I that's a possibility right. of happening. I don't know. I'm still gonna put all my money down on Breath of the Wild, definitely being that over it. Oh, but
1: yeah. yeah, I think you're probably right. Do we have a? I can't remember. Do we have a release date for Starfield? Uh, no. Okay. All we know
0: is first half of the year.
1: Oh, first half, man! I was hoping it was know. the second half because Zelda's gonna take over so <laughs> much of the time in yes. May. So yes, all right, fair enough. But
0: yeah, that's that. Um, let's get into our end of the year gaming stats, and then uh, we have like some basic news things to go over,
1: and we'll be out of here. So. Okay.
0: I wanted to share all of our stuff across Steam, PlayStation,
1: Nintendo, the whole shebang. I want to point out that this Steam replay is a new thing this year. And in my opinion, they've surpassed, just like Steam always does, I feel like they've surpassed all the other ones. This is so incredible. They just give
0: a lot more in depth stats on a lot of specifics that others don't. Yeah. Pretty cool. Really cool. Uh, so, across all my platforms, I went ahead and did all of the heavy lifting and both Thank yours God. and mine total playtime hours. So, mine is 643 total nice. gaming hours. That has to be the most I've ever done. In a That's year. a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I was very shocked whenever I was going through this and being like, man, I did not realize I was going this hard. Uh, and it's probably because of this show. It's probably, it just gives yeah. me more um reason to want to check this out and that out so i can discuss this and that
1: well let's here real quick sorry the math teacher in me wants to do a little math here right so let's let's just figure this out right so if we got 24 hours in a day that's 1440 minutes per day right and a whole year we have 8760 hours right now let's take away let's just say about 6 hours of sleep a night let's just throw that in there okay yeah so Okay, 2190, 8760 minus 2190s on average of sleep we need per year, okay? Now we're down to like 6570. Let's take it one step further. Let's use that means you played like 10% of the whole year was gaming. <laughs> 10% of the whole entire year of free I shouldn't even say free time. I'm, I'm just free. Time, work, just family. time. Just time that you have <laughs> where you're not sleeping was spent gaming, which is awesome. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> Pretty cool. <laughs> I don't know if that's cool, but uh, yeah, I'll take it. Hey, think <laughs> of it that's this a way: lot. <laughs> if we could, if we could calculate somehow the amount of hours someone spends on a much less productive hobby or a oh cool, yeah, you know how many hobby? people I just mean, flop
0: on the couch
1: and watch TV right, all night? Right, right, I mean, it's got to be way higher. So yes. <laughs> anyway, please proceed. Anyway, with.
0: and here is where the last thirty minutes of the episode completely cut out. So I'm just going to. Summarize the last little bit of mine and Ruby's playtime in certain platforms. 121 hours on Steam. The big standouts being Vampire Survivors, Final Fantasy XIV, Monster Hunter Rise, uh, Death Stranding Director's Cut, Halo Infinite being for me on Steam. Uh, on Xbox, I had a total of 184 hours. Standups being Tunic, A playtale recuum Requiem. No More Heroes 3, Wrath of the Witch White. Nino Kuni Wrath of the White Witch Remastered. <laughs> Need for Speed Unbound. High On Life. And Halo Infinite with 74 hours. On PlayStation, I had 174 hours total. 113 of that being Elden Ring. On Nintendo, I had a total of 164 hours with Xenoblade Chronicles 3 being 96 hours, Pokemon Violet at 47, and Splatoon 3 at 21. I wish I played a lot more Splatoon 3, and I will be. Then to Rudy, he had 332 hours on Steam. Seeming he doesn't play on Xbox. So a lot of those hours that I was Xbox, he's just doubling down on Steam. Elden Ring at 104 hours. Uh, Halo Infinite, he had 54 hours, Dying Light 2, 25 hours, Ghostwire Tokyo, New Tales from the Borderlands, Divinity Original Sin 2, Proteus, The Quarry, Resident Evil 3, Scorn, As Dust Falls, Tunic, Trek Yomi, Somerville, Rollerdrome, Batman Arkham Asylum, Metal Hellsinger, Stray, Dark Pictures Anthology, The Devil and Me, and A Plague Tale Requiem were his standouts on Steam. Now, I'm not going to list all of the games and what I clocked in on Xbox, so I just said the standouts there for me. Rudy on PlayStation had a total of 116 hours, with 64 hours going towards God of War Ragnarok being his highlight there, the rest being Horizon Forbidden West, and then a bunch of small stuff after that. He had 101 hours total on Nintendo, 59 being Triangle Strategy and 42 being Bravely Default 2. Now, this is only half of his Bravely Default 2 total hours because he played the rest the previous year. And that's it for our game summaries. He had a total of 549 hours on all platforms. I had a total of. 643 hours across all platforms that'll be it for the episode sorry for the weird ending here see you guys next week